0: Fading Memories is sponsored by I'm Up. I'm Up is an app that gives you independence, security, and peace of mind. Find it in your favorite app store and use invite code 006 when you sign up. Welcome to Fading Memories, a supportive podcast for those of us caring for a loved one with memory loss. Hey, did you call and check in with mom this morning?
1: No, I thought it was Pam's turn this morning. Do you know where my laptop is? Why are mornings so crazy?
0: Ah, these daily phone calls are getting complicated and we're all forgetting whose day it is to call and check in. I'll call mom from the car as I head into work. That way, if we get into a conversation, it won't make me late or any crazier than I already feel. Oh, don't forget to give the dog his pills. Sounds good. Who's going to call Pam and figure out whose day is whose again? Ah, there has to be a better way than this. With me today on the podcast is Francie Jessen. She is taking care of her mother, and it is her mission to spread the awareness of dementia and Alzheimer's, which is partly my mission. So thank you, Francie. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jennifer, thanks for having me. You're welcome. So tell me a little bit about your mom, you know, her age when she was diagnosed, you know, basically her, her story in a nutshell.
2: Sure. Well, mom is, mom is 87. Um, and she was actually formally died, diagnosed about three years ago. Um, and, um, at that time I, well, I'm, I'm living in Florida now where she was at that time I was living in New Mexico and, um, you know, she and I have always been very, very close. We've always had just this, you know, wonderful relationship. Um, and, you know, I was, I, it wasn't uncommon for me to talk to her on the phone every day on my way to work, you know, for years. And the kind of dementia that my mother has, which we eventually found out, she's got vascular dementia. And, um, at that time it was, it was mostly memory loss, but if you, but all of her social skills were intact. So if you didn't spend a lot of time with her, and kind of know what her daily activities really were or if you didn't know her really well, it was impossible to to realize that, she, that her memory was failing. Like I said, I talked to her on the phone every day and she would tell me what was going on and because I wasn't there actually monitoring or seeing her activities, I had no reason to believe that she was just making stuff up. You know, she wasn't trying to deliberately be deceptive. But you know she just couldn't remember what was going on, and so she was just I think she was just replaying things that had happened um, previously um, but then I, uh, I three years ago, um, I lost my job and I decided to move to Florida because by that point in time, my sister and my niece, who also lived near my mom. We're noticing that, you know, she was, you know, like they would make a, uh, a date to have lunch and they would get to her house and she would have no idea that they were coming over. And so it just sort of started out with stuff like that. And it, it, it wasn't nearly as bad as we thought it was. We thought she was just forgetting. Um, she lived alone. And so, you know, we had, no, we had no way of knowing just how bad it was. So we did get a, I, I decided to move to Florida. And we got her into a memory disorder clinic, and they di- diagnosed her with the, with the cerebral vascular dementia. She had a stroke many, many years ago um, that she had recovered from very well. But what they found with the MRI three years ago was um, uh, a lot of pinpoint brain damage in her brain. So she had been having lots of mini strokes for God knows how long, probably years. Um, not even knowing that she was having them, she lived alone. Nobody was there to you know see if she was if she was acting strangely, and so we don't really know how how long it was going on. But those brain cells are dead, and they're not coming back. Um, and right now, like right that when she first got diagnosed, it was mild dementia, early stage dementia, mostly short term memory loss and some cognitive dysfunction, um, and. You know the prognosis was actually not that bad. It basically said, you know, as long as we keep her, keep her cholesterol stabilized, you know, keep her blood pressure stabilized, prevent her from having any more mini strokes, she should be she should be okay. And and so far, so good. Um, The last time she went for a follow up was about a year ago, and they were surprised because she actually improved in some areas and stayed the same in other areas and declined in in some areas, but usually you just decline. So that was, but that was surprising and that was good news, but I credit it with the fact that, um, not that I'm taking credit for myself, but she, I moved her in with me and I make sure that she takes her medicine the way she was supposed to be taking them because she hadn't been. And it was really impacting, it was really impacting her, um, severely because she was on all kinds of medicine that just made her loopy and made her sleepy and made her forgetful. And it was just this snowball effect of, of not taking her medicines the way she needed to. And it, it affected her vascular system. That makes sense. So that's it in a nutshell.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you, you touched on something that I just not learned about, but um I had my mom, at the neurologist on Monday, she and my dad never shared, discussed any of her diagnoses or, you know, I'm not sure how much they accepted it. And I'm, I have no details. You know, I don't know if they said, yes, this is Alzheimer's and you need to do these things. And my dad ignored it or Mm I have no clues. So my mom and I are starting all over, you know, even though the last well she had a memory, you know, the pen and paper memory test in April Uh and she got two out of Mm -hmm. 30. So (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's not good at all. And the, the new neurologist said that, because I'm, my mom has had this disease, I believe for at least 18 years. And I've said multiple times on the podcast, I think she actually started showing signs in the summer of 1995 which meant she would have been 52 and a half. And, mm-hmm. you know, thinking back on it, I, I don't remember her not having memory issues, you know, because it's been that long. And mm-hmm. the the neurologist, so I was asking the neurologist, I'm like, what should I be looking for? What should I expect? I mean, her mom, now I've gotten two different opinions. I She doesn't necessarily think that my grandmother had undiagnosed Alzheimer's, grandma had an aneurysm that leaked for three months before they fixed it surgically. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. she, she had a different opinion on the after effects of the, the leaking aneurysm and the surgery than my mom's general physician did, which, you know, makes sense. She's a neurologist. She would, she would probably know better. So now I'm wondering if my grandmother really did have, Um, undiagnosed Alzheimer's or not but she definitely had no memory at the end of her life and neither did my maternal great-grandmother but the neurologist Mm -hmm. was telling me on Monday because my great my my maternal grandmother lived to 91 my mom is completely physically healthy walks fine you know Mm -hmm. I guess her vision is fine except for the cognitive impairment that was interesting Mm -hmm. on Monday as well but the neurologist basically said people with Alzheimer's and dementia are living longer because we're maintaining their the rest of their health, mm-hmm. you know, keeping their blood pressure mm-hmm. in check, keeping their cholesterol in check, and all of this good stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. Not really sure that was the answer I was looking for. The memory mm-hmm. care doctor didn't think it would be 10 years, which was my estimate. So I have no idea. I just know that if she, my mom lives my mom will be 76 in about five weeks and if she lives to 91 Mm -hmm. i I may lose my mind before that happens
2: (laughs) well well and i you know i'm in a i'm in a similar situation because at 87 mom is in excellent physical health i mean she's got you know she's got the chronic conditions she's got high blood pressure she's got thyroid she's you know keeps has to maintain her cholesterol and all those things but they're all under control once we got her medication managed they're all completely under control, and you know we come from a family of long livers. My um, my grandmother, well she died, she died kind of younger than a lot of them. She died at eighty eighty five. Um, but host one of her sisters just died last year at one hundred and four. Oh wow! And yeah, so you know not, my mother's probably going to live to be a hundred, uh, no doubt. Um, because she is in such good physical health for her age. Um, and, you know, I'm kind of in the same boat that you're in, and, you and know, it's like, that's something that we have to plan for because she will, she will live a long time. And if I can just, you know, if I can, if I can keep her, if I can keep her from declining too rapidly, I mean, she is starting to show, she is starting to show, um, even more cognitive confusion then she then she showed, then she showed recently and more she's starting to get into the long term. It was always just short term. She had she has no short term memory at all. She can't I remember minutes 5 minutes ago. ago.
0: Yeah, my mom is yeah. like a minute at best.
2: Yeah. But um but her long term memory was relatively okay and but now it, I'm starting to see signs where you know you know like the other day you know we live in we live in Florida but we uh, we uh, Uh, we're from New York state. I was born and raised in a town up in upstate New York. And she made a comment basically saying that, you know, that I was born and raised here in Florida. Now (laughs) that really struck me because, you know, she didn't know what, I, I think she didn't know what town she was in. I don't think it's that she forgot where I was born. I think she forgot what town she was in. And, you know, so she connected these dots that did not connect. And, and, a couple of weeks before that, she got up in the morning and she came. She was, you know, what I was thinking, and I, I, I write about this in one of my blogs. She said, I was, I was thinking, is your last name, is your guy's last name, Jessen or Devani? And she was talking about. I was like, you mean me and my sister and my brother? She's like, yeah. I said, it's jesson and my name is the last, same last name as Hoda's name, and Devani was my sister's first husband's name so it's his nieces it's his nieces and nephew, it's my 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 mother's grandchildren's names, so she was not figuring out who were the justins and who were the Devanny's, and that really struck me because she forgot my last name and that's the kind of stuff that just makes you just sort of step back and be like whoa where did that come from um i've had similar
0: and experiences so but i'm assuming yeah. she knows she still knows that you're her daughter
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it, nothing like that has, has has changed. She 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 forgets a little bit about how many great-grandchildren she has, and she gets the grandchildren confused with the great-grandchildren. Um, but really, the ones that she gets confused with are the ones that she doesn't see very often. So I think a lot of it is just, you know, sort of out of sight, out of mind, you know? Yeah, I would think um,
0: that, that sounds a tad more typical age-related memory loss than... Dementia, but it's probably exasperated with the vascular dementia. Mm -hmm. My mom, my mom thinks I am either her very good friend or her sister.
2: Yeah. Well, and you know when I, you know, when when mom was diagnosed with dementia, it was a real shock for me. You know, we've we've always it was always it's always been the plan that when and if the time came that she would she would come to me or I would come to her and I would take care of her. I've got an older brother and an older sister, but you know, they they have much different life situations, and I, I was the one who was most reasonable, or made most most sense, and we're, we're really close. But I never thought it would be dementia because we really don't have that in my family. You know, we've got people who live a long time, um, but they're sharp as a tack to the end. My my aunt who was uh, who just died at 104 was was absolutely sharp right down to the end, and I, about a year later, her brother, who was the last of my grandmother's siblings, died. He was in his 90s I saw him a couple of years ago after not seeing him for 20 years and he knew immediately who I was and I was last time I saw him I was like you know I'm not wasn't a kid but I was a young woman and now I'm not a young woman anymore and he knew he he so so that's the thing it's like this just doesn't this is not the kind of thing that we've ever experienced in our family my grandmother was she went downhill the the, the six months before she died but she was she was perfect up until then. She you know, that's what people in my family do. They go downhill fast and then they pass. They don't deteriorate and they don't have memory loss. So I never prepared for dementia. I when when mom was diagnosed, it was it was an uphill climb because I knew nothing about the disease. I knew nothing about the fact that Alzheimer's is a type of dementia and there's hundreds of types of dementia. I you know I knew none of that. And and it, I, I had to I had to learn and I had to learn quickly because it wasn't the kind of care I ever thought I would have to give her. I thought I would just have to give her care because she would be, you know, need help cooking her meals and getting around the house because she was gonna be old and, and frail. I <laughs> didn't think that it was gonna be this. Yeah. And so it's been it's it's been it's been it's been a, a real challenge and that's that's really why I started my blog is because I didn't know any of this when this happened. And I just feel that if, if if I if I help one person not have to to you know go through the weeds, then that's then I've done my job. You know? Yeah. And, then, and what I found out is this community is huge. There are so many caregivers out there that are in the same situation that we're in. And I had no idea.
0: Yeah, and it's not necessarily easy to tap into that. It's like there's a small door that lets you into this huge vast universe of people and resources and and I just in the last year because I st- I decided to start the podcast about a year ago I started working on it in January and launched in May and I have learned so much I've helped people and you know and I've I've learned things as well I I had a, a guest I was talking to and one of the things, and it's it's stupid, and it's really hard to get past, but there's only three blonde people in my mom's family. Her youngest brother, myself, the daughter, and my niece, her granddaughter. So the fact that she thinks that I'm my aunt drives me batty. Uh-huh. And, I right. mean, it's, it's stupid, and it's petty, and it yeah. doesn't serve me at all, but it just makes me crazy. And I had mentioned, you know, you'd think – just looking at me, she'd at least guess. I mean, she's probably not going to guess I'm her brother because I don't look like her brother. <laughs> and, and at some point, she might confuse my niece for me because although she's going to always remember my niece as a kid, my niece just turned thirteen. So it's you know it's you'd think that there'd be this huge visual clue: blonde person, must be a daughter. And this gal pointed out she's like she may not see the color; her brain may not process. Right. And I'm like, well, don't right. tell me logic, because you know I don't want to hear any logic. <laughs> uh, you know? it, it,
2: but it's 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 true, you know. It, it you know, long before um, I went down this road with mom, I've always been, you know, I've always had a fascination for with brain science. It's just sort of been just an interest of mine and and the wiring and stuff. And you know when I can step away from being a concerned, scared, worried daughter, sometimes I watch mom and I'm like, well, that's interesting. Where did that come from? You know, because <laughs> sometimes she'll just, she, like I said, she'll connect these dots and it's like, how did, where did you come up with that? You know? <laughs> like those and dots she, don't she make
0: she the be, right picture.
2: They, they make, yeah, yeah, there's there's no connection between those dots and, you know, like, it, like, it's one of the things that she does every day that just really, I'm not going to say it infuriates me, but it, I roll my eyes every day because, one of the things that she that that I have her do, because I, I try to keep her busy, is she sets the table when I'm making dinner, and she'll ask where the, where the linens are, I'll tell her they're in the linen closet, she'll go and she'll get them, she'll put them on a the table, and then when we're done cleaning, when we're done eating, every single day, she folds the linens if they don't have to go in the wash, and she puts them on a shelf in the dining room on top of the serving platters. I have absolutely no idea why she thinks that's where they go but that's what she does everything you know and it's like why would you think that you got them out of the living closet why do you think they belong on top of uh, uh, of of serving platters and this is a woman who her entire life everything had its place and uh, there was a place for everything and everything made perfect sense and now it just doesn't anymore but it's it's one of her things that's what she does and you know it's it's as 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 difficult as it as it is for her to lay down memories, that's a memory that's been laid down and it won't go away. And so that's, you know, every day that's what happens. And it's just stuff like that all the time, you know, just weird things. The the thing that development that's happened just this week is she, she can physically dress herself. That's not a problem. She cannot pick out clothes. She can't, you know, she can't figure out what to wear. She can't, she can't pick out matching jewelry. She can't pick out matching shoes. And it really frustrates her, and it takes her hours to get dressed every day. And she, she can spend an hour trying to figure out what she's going to wear, and she gets very stressed. She gets, you know, she starts breathing heavy. She gets frustrated. She hates all of her clothes, and it just, it just becomes this spiral. And so, what I've started doing is, you know, if I don't just, you know, if I don't just lay out her clothes and everything while she's in the shower, I go in there with her and I help her because otherwise the stress level just goes through the roof. Because she just, you know, she knows on some level she knows she can't figure it out, and it drives her crazy. You know, there's still, her, there's still a part of who there's still a part of who that's like, you know, I used to be so together. Why am I not together? And I don't know if that's a consciousness or if bit you know deep in the amygdala or whatever. But but she those times when she knows that things aren't right on an emotional level. And it really, really stresses her, and that stresses it. Obviously the stress isn't good for her. It's not good for her blood pressure. It's not good for anything else, you know? And I mean, I think the good thing is, you know, after, after the whole thing's over, she'll forget about it and she doesn't remember it. But in that moment, her blood pressure was probably spiking. And that's just not, that's just not good. It's not healthy. Does she have, that's a new, does she have a pretty full closet? Well, we actually, a couple of, well, it's probably been about a year now. We actually went through, and I was just ruthless, and we, because she never not feel as like anything. I mean, we live in Florida. She's been in Florida for 25 years, and she still had heavy wool sweaters that she had when she lived in New York. I was like, what do you have this for? <laughs> you never got away with this. And and so when I moved her from her condo into my house, I, you know, I, I, I took basically all of her clothes with the intent of 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 cleaning them out and she had all of her closet and half of one of my closets, a uh, half of two of my closets and it, we reached the point where i was like ma we gotta go through this stuff and if it doesn't fit you if you're not gonna wear it if you haven't worn it it's gone we took 12 garbage bags full of clothes to goodwill and you know, and, and and I thought it was going to be more difficult than it was because she doesn't like to th- doesn't like to get rid of anything, and you know we were just uh, like I said I was ruthless I was like does it fit you does it not fit you it's going in the bag going in the bag and she she went along with it but she still has more I, I realized just this week when this started happening um, the what I just described that I really need to go in and and when she's not here one day when she's you know at my sister's or, um, playing one of her, her games with her friends, I really just need to go in there and just be even more ruthless because she has too many decisions. Too many decisions are just not a good thing for someone with dementia. It's cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know? And so I've, I've got to go in there and I've got to
0: do it. Um, well, I just went through because, and I, I don't think I've talked too much about this, um, on any of the recent episodes a little bit, perhaps I know. Well, my mo- <laughs> Okay, I'm in, I'm in Northern California. I'm between all the fires, which is good and bad. We've had some pretty hideous smoke. Oh, and, uh-huh. you know, in the summertime, it's 105. And like everybody says, well, it's a dry heat. Well, my mom was wearing this three-quarter length sleeve black sweater. Now, in my part of California, you don't get heavy wool sweaters. I would like them because I'm always cold. But for the most part, they're like cotton and nylon and and, you know, they're a blend, so they're not super warm. And this one was a lightweight sweater. Well, there, I, went, I went to visit, and there she was wearing the sweater again. And so I leaned over to the caregivers, and I said, is she giving you a hard time about changing clothes? Because the last seven of eight times I've been with her, she's had on that sweater. And they said, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And she's given us a hard time about showering. I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird. I also explained, um, I see my mom on Mondays, and I got in the car to go to the gym on Tuesday, and it was like, why does my car smell like old lady nursing home? And that was why, Uh because she hadn't been showering. And I discovered that because of the change in the residence, it was easier for them to move her into the afternoon. I don't, I don't really know why changing her shower schedule made sense to them. And I said, no, no, no. (laughs) Mom was always a morning shower. If she didn't shower in the morning and she did whatever projects and stuff, she might wash her face, brush her teeth and throw on, clean clothes, but not necessarily, you know, like knock around the house clothes was what she'd call them. Mm -hmm. She was not a nighttime showering person. So I said, move her back to the daytime. Everybody will be happier. Trust me. And it happened that that was also the same week as my caregiver support group. Mm -hmm. And two thirds of us had the same problem. We could not get our family Mm -hmm. member to change clothes. And of course, you know, they come up with the, there's that logic answer. And they're like, basically make all the pants the same style, the same color. You know, if she likes that three-quarter length sleeve sweater, find other ones like it, which I have not been able to do. You know, they're not, it was like, basically like, it would be so much easier for men. But, it, you know, if he likes the burgundy button down and the, and the black cargo pants, just buy five of those, five shirts, five, mm-hmm. all the same, so that you can change it. But what was suggested was to, to really limit the clothing in her closet. Well, in my head, I was remembering what she had back when she lived in her own home, which was just, she had twice the amount of clothes that I do. It was ridiculous. She had stuff mm-hmm. that was 20 and 25 years old. And and now she's got a closet that's probably maybe two, two and a half, probably about two and a half feet wide mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And small. And, yeah. So to me, she didn't have a lot of stuff. Well, I went through after that meeting, I took out all of the short sleeve shirts because it is getting, it is cold now and wet. Thankfully, we're getting some rain. And I took the sweater because I'm like, we're going to forget this sweater if it kills me. And Mm -hmm. I must have taken close to half of the clothes out of her closet. And I have not seen her in the same outfit since. So it's really mm-hmm. interesting that with less options, she's making she's making a variety of choices. I mean, I've seen mm-hmm. her. This has been probably almost two months that I did that. She did remember the sweater was missing, though. That was really fascinating because she doesn't remember my mm-hmm. dad died. When she moved into the care community, they let her keep her dog, which was great in the beginning, but the residents fed the poor dog to death almost, Um, the dog was nearly double what she should have weighed and didn't have any, um, structure or, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. she wasn't an undisciplined dog, but she was like, you know, I've had dogs my entire life. So when a dog with no structure kind of gets a little nutty and she was getting Mm -hmm. nutty and back in June, the executive director kind of hemmed and hawed He's like, well, you know, we're renovating and "Uh uh-huh and he's like well we're getting new carpet I'm like "Ah, oh, okay <laughs> you want the dog mm-hmm. so the breeder took her back and um my husband's afraid to ask I'm sure the I'm sure the dog is fine probably has lost a significant amount of weight she went to a, a farm in Oregon which I believe was the breeder's grandkids um she's a senior citizen dog so I hope the last few years of her life are good but it's got to be better than with mom, but she doesn't remember. My mom doesn't remember the dog is gone. She actually on Monday said that she, the dog had passed away, which made me feel kind of guilty, happy. She doesn't yeah. remember that I basically dog napped her and took her away, but uh-huh. but kind of sad that she thought it was <laughs> the dog had died. It was <laughs> like, okay, you don't remember your husband died. You think the dog died, but you remember that dang sweater. So it is uh-huh. very strange. Yeah. It's it caught in their... And what the good part of their brain is just, I, I too am like you. if I, I tell people if I was any good at math and science and half my age, I would so go into brain research because it is so
2: fascinating uh-huh it's just and yeah, and, and when it's right in front of you, it, yeah. it, it's, it's even more fascinating, you know, but you know getting back to the, the whole closet thing, I think you know that's another reason why um that I kind of, I, I, I did my blog and I'm on this journey is because, you know, I, I, I had a pretty steep, um, loaning curve in the beginning, but I still, I still need to loan. And, you know, just hearing you talk about what you did for your mom and her closet is like, you know, that's what I need to do. And, you know, if you, if you're not, if i if I wasn't in touch with other people who are going through this, who have, who have gone through this, this is, every, everything that happens with mom is a new experience for me, and, and I don't always have the answers, but just hearing what you said is, it, it makes perfect sense, but I don't know that I would have, I know I would have teared down her closet, but I don't know that I would have necessarily tried to get clothing that looks similar. I mean, I'm not sure that she's at that stage yet. I mean, she still likes to look nice. Um, and she's still, you know, she's always been a close, you know, a close hound. But if it comes down to that, then that'll be something that I'll, I'll just kind of keep in the back pocket. And, and if I have to do that, I will. Um, yeah, when you go shopping it's, it's, with it's her. constantly changing. You know, by, uh-huh.
0: by like, um, she, uh, because she was feeding the dog from the table, I'm sure she, when we moved her into her new residence, she weighed 116 pounds, which at, she used to be 5'4, she's more like 5'2 now. That's a good weight for that size, that height. And she got down to a hundred pounds. And their food there is good. It's it's very mm-hmm. good. It wasn't that. I I'm not, and I've watched her eat. She doesn't have a trouble eating, so I was I was puzzled why she was she lost so much weight. She's put on about three or four pounds, which is good. But in the interim, the what the one caregiver that deals with my mom in the morning helps with the showers and the dressing. I showed up and she said, your mama need new pants. And I'm like, Oh, oh. fun. That's my least favorite thing oh. to do is take her shopping. And I, we uh-huh. had like a dentist and a doctor's appointment. And so I texted my sister and I said, mom's got a dentist appointment, a doctor's appointment and needs new clothes. Pick one of the three. And I knew which one she'd pick. Yeah. She took my mom shopping and you know, it's it's not unreasonable, and I'm sure my sister and I feel the same way. We want mom to look nice. I mean, there's no reason for her not to. And uh-huh. so my sister bought her these very nice um, elastic waist, uh, modern women's slacks. They had um, the skinny leg because mom's got no butt. So these pants look great on her. And my mom doesn't wear them because they don't feel familiar. So I... Uh-huh. I finally, she didn't, well, after the whole incident with the black sweater with, it's a really pretty sweater, um, variegated pink flowers on the top. It's very pretty, but she was wearing it with blue pants, which just, you know, that just pokes my artistic eye, right, right square in the middle. And I mean, it makes me crazy when my husband does stuff like that. So I'm like, you know, mom's got lots of nice outfits. We made sure she had lots of nice outfits when we moved her in because she had a lot of stuff that didn't fit. And, you know, the pants look great on her, but I just, I finally told my sister, I said, um, when I get my hair done, there's a Kmart down the street. I'm going to go and see if I can find the old lady pants that mom likes. And Mm -hmm. Kmart was close. And then I struck out at Penny's and as I was leaving the shopping center, there was the dress barn and they had pants that were very similar to what she had been wearing in the past. Now finding the pants she used to wear were button and zip and she can't quite manage that. So it, mm-hmm. it's hard to find completely elasticized waist with the more traditional cut. And she's been wearing those a lot, but she also wears these um, pants I bought her last Christmas from target. And every time she wears them, she's got them on backwards. Oh no. The only oh, reason God. I know is because they have um, a tie and like, a, it are like sweatpants with the waistband ties and the string is mm-hmm. always in the back.
2: <laughs> oh, geez.
0: So I'm trying to work towards having basically all the same pants and all of the shirts go with the black pants or, you know, cause that's what I, I found for her. They didn't, they didn't have Navy blue in her size. So it's, you know, it's a real challenge, but it was such an obvious answer and it hadn't, mm-hmm. it hadn't occurred to me in, you know, nine months of talking to people. I hadn't brought up that question. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, we have to be a community and share these things because, you know, it just makes our lives much easier. And a lot of people in my support group, they're like, well, she's dressed appropriately. Why do you care? And I'm like, because my mom, has enough money to not look like a homeless woman. She's not homeless. Mm-hmm. I don't want people to think that I'm not caring for her well and be concerned. You know, here I am. I feel like I look pretty nice. You know, I don't spend a ton of money on clothes or anything, but I, I, I do um, pay attention to how I look and I just don't want people to get a weird feeling when we're out and about. Cause I take her out a lot and you know, I just, I just don't want issues. So that was, that's why the clothing is, you know, I mean, I don't try to, I don't change her clothes if she's got a black shirt on and blue pants, even though it, like I said, it pokes my artistic eye, but because any mm-hmm. change clothes is kind of offensive to her. So I'm trying to fix it so that she does look nice and it's easy for her to get dressed and she doesn't give the caregivers grief it's a big
2: challenge. It's just clothes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, in, in my case with mom, it's, it's as much about um, her self identity because she always, you know, she like my grandmother, you know, she, she cannot leave the house without her makeup. I mean, she's got it. Everything's got to be perfect. And she always dressed really nice. And she always, she always liked to look nice. And she didn't, you know, she doesn't like to leave the house unless she looks nice. And even if she's not going to leave, you know, even if she has no, even if we have no reason to go anywhere, she'll put her makeup on every single day. And it sounds like me. And so it's, <laughs> yeah. And so I don't wear makeup. I put my hair up in a, in a clip and we're gone. But, um, so it's, a, it's much about letting her maintain, you know, who she is. Exactly. And I think that's really important. It's really, really important. And, you know, you know, it, it, it always, you know, it, I haven't spent a whole lot of time in, in memory care facilities or even nursing homes or anything like that. But every now and then you see the person who, you know, you know, all they, somebody just gave them sweats and sweatshirts and that's all they ever will. And because it's easier on the caregivers and then maybe easier on the, on the, on the recipient of the, the patient. But I, I, I don't think that it's, if it doesn't, if it doesn't reflect who they were before this happened, I think it's sad. You know, I mean, maybe they always wore sweats and sweatpants, and that's all they ever wore when they before they got dementia. But you know, my mom never leaves the house unless she looks like she's you know dressed to the nines, and and so it's important for her to her to, to to stay who she is as long as possible.
0: Well, that goes and to keep. You have to keep treating them like an adult, even like at my yeah. mom's stage. I I mean, it's frustrating because I call her mom and she doesn't seem to remember I'm the daughter. Another Mm -hmm. very strange disconnect in the brain that baffles me. But, you know, I accept it. And I know, I guess the caregiver was pushing her to put on different clothes and she got really crossways with them and said, you know, stop treating her like a child. And I know Uh, they're good. I know they're good at not doing that. You know, because the there's a just a hairline difference between insisting and and possible elder abuse, and so they don't ever mm-hmm. cross that line. You know, there's times I wish they'd be a little bit more forceful. I actually confiscated the sweater after I realized. You know, there's three shifts of staff, and I'm talking to the afternoon staff and, and instructing them to. Tell the evening staff that when mom changes for bed to steal the sweater. And after a mm-hmm. minute, I realized what I was saying. I'm like, let me go and see if I can fix this. Because <laughs> I'm like, first yeah. off, you to rely on the one staff to tell the other staff. And, you know, it's probably not okay for them to take her sweater, even though I said to do it. I, I just saw this big problem and I'm like, okay, let me fix it. Mm-hmm. So I went in. And of course, because she never changed, the sweater was dirty. And I said, I need to take this to get cleaned. And so why don't you change mm-hmm. clothes before you eat and I'll take this and get it cleaned Cause I have to go. And, and she did kind of reluctantly. And I took it home and cleaned it. And it's, it's in a spare dresser that I've got and along with other stuff, there's one other shirt that I'll probably try to steal just because it's so big. She had it on one day and I was mm-hmm. like, good Lord lady, you look like you're wearing a bag. You know? mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a nice shirt well, and it's familiar, but you know, she just, yeah you know, it's like, it's again, I know she wouldn't dress like that if her mind was fine. So I'm trying to at least help her take, keep that dignity, but it's hard because sometimes I I help with the residents when I'm visiting because, you know, not to just doesn't feel right. There's one that I can't help. She's always, her go-to statement is help me, help me, somebody help me in a monotone oh. voice. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very hard to tune her out, but you can't really Mm -hmm. help her. And you know, she'll say, help me, help me. And I'll say, Oh, what do you need Betty? And then she just says, help me, help me. And it's like, I don't know what you need. And I'm not moving Mm -hmm. you from the wheelchair to the bed and I don't do the bathroom stuff. So (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'll go get the caregivers Betty. And sometimes they'll be like, Oh yeah, she's been saying that for the last 20 minutes. I'm like, okay, as long as she doesn't really need help with something, just letting you guys know. But there's one gal, the one that lives next door to my mom. Um, she tried to hand me something on Monday. It was obvious she was trying to hand me something, but she didn't have anything in her hand. So I just did a little charades with her. And one day her shoe came off. It amazes me all these old ladies that wear tie-on tennis shoes. Like I tried to put my mom in, you know, a spare pair of my tennis shoes so we can go walking in the park or there's some regional parks nearby one of which is, you know, it's not like a paved city type park, but it's it's easy walking. But I'd rather that she do it in tennis shoes and not the little slip on loafers that she wears all the time. Which is, they're almost two years old. I'm going to have to see if I can f- find out find a pair that are super similar before they're totally worn out. <laughs> That's my
2: now. Na- uh, well, I, uh, I I I she, she mom got mad. As well, she didn't really get mad at me, but I think she got a little frustrated a couple of weeks ago because. Her shoes were just terrible, and so we we took her to get some new shoes. We found really, really good shoes for her, and I threw away a couple of her pairs of shoes, and they were just in pieces almost, and, you know, I don't know. She would, like, dig them out of the back of the closet, and finally I was like, okay, this has to go in the trash because you're not wearing these ever again.
0: Hello? Hi, Jennifer. Hi. Is everything okay? Yes, everything is fine. Are you on your way to work? Yeah, yeah. How are the kids? Oh, they're doing fine. Busy as usual. I thought Pam was calling today. Don't you have a big meeting to be prepared for? Yeah, actually, I do. And, you know, checking in like this, there's got to
2: be a better way. You know, she was like, well, you just going to wear my shoes. I like, Mom, they're like 100 years old. <laughs> they got to go. And, you know, sometimes she's, sometimes she's... She pushes back a lot, and sometimes she doesn't. And thankfully, she didn't at that time. But we bought her new shoes, and you know, I, she still comes out of her room with the old shoes. And I was like, "How come you're not wearing your new shoes?" She's like, "Well, I don't have any new shoes." I was like, "Yes, yep. you mom." And so she just, <laughs> you know, she puts them back in the box. And then, that, you know, that's the thing that I—that's the thing that I found with with dementia, and with, with particularly with mom, is that if it's not directly in who feels the vision, it doesn't exist. So she puts the new shoes back in the box and she doesn't have new shoes. Yep. I buy things.
0: Sorry. I buy stuff for my mom. You know, she, after the dog left, um, I had to replace, well, I had to replace the area rug that was in her room because the dog had used it as toilet paper. It was Mm -hmm. very awful. And my sister, we'd had a a little over a year ago, an instance where the dog had made a mess and the maintenance staff had taken the rug out. Well, the rug had been missing for like two weeks. And I kept saying, where's the rug? I will deal with the rug. Just give me the dang rug. It was the stupidest Mm -hmm. thing. I don't know what they were doing, but they got it all clean. It was great. Well, in the interim, my sister went back to Ikea for something for her household and bought a different rug. Um, And it's, it's awesome. It's white background or kind of a cream background with probably dinner plate sized buttons. And mom was always a seamstress and very creative. But unfortunately my throw or area rug was six by eight. And this one was five by seven. Cause you know, it's hard to remember the dimensions when you're like shopping and my sister didn't buy the different size under pad. Well, when I took the, the rug out, I fixed it so that we could use the under pad with the smaller rug and the bedspread she had was just shabby. I mean, it's Uh gotta be, it's gotta be at least as old as my daughter and she just turned 27. I mean, it's faded and just it's shabby. And so I, I thought about it and I bought a duvet cover to slide that one into, because what I've experienced is if it's not something she remembers, if it's not familiar, it is quote, not hers. The rug Uh disappeared. I put the rug down one Monday, the following Monday. I, I open, you know, I knock on her door. She opens it up. I go in and it was all I could do not to lose my cool. The rug was gone. The under pad was gone. The duvet cover was taken off and shoved in a corner. And I probably should have just left at that point. I was so upset. I'm like, you can't live another five, 10, 15 years with the same stuff because you don't recognize new stuff. I was just so frustrated. Uh-huh. And I bought, you know, cause after the dog left, it, other organizational issues popped up. I bought her a little, uh, vanity organizer that lasted for uh-huh. six weeks. I'm like, yay, she didn't get rid of that. And then one day I show up and it's yeah. like, wow. like I'm like, okay, I'm ther- seriously thinking about looking to see if they have one that screws to the wall. Although the person <laughs> that I think she gave stuff to is gone. So I'm I'm trying to decide because the rug, when it disappeared, went into her friend's room, which was just so funny. I mean, it's like I had to laugh, but I was, I was so frustrated. I'm like, if I could swing this five-by-seven rolled-up rug and smack a couple of ladies beside the head, that's where I was at. I think yeah. it was... I was stressed and tired and I have discovered that if I don't feel good or if I'm stressed, you know, even mild stress, it makes dealing with my mom 10 times harder because, you know, you just have to roll with so much stuff, especially with mm-hmm. mom is in the later stage and, you know, it's like the whole kid. Cause that day I'm like, mom, where's your rug? And she's like, what rug? And I was like,
2: Oh, Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's stressful and, and it's exhausting and, Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, it's, I mean, I never had any kids, so it's not like I have a lot of experience taking care of anybody other than me, but it's not the same as having kids because kids, they grow and they develop and they get older and, and, you know, mom is kind of like, in some ways she's like an infant, because she's she's completely dependent on me for everything. Even though she's in you know only in the early to mid stages, you know if I, if I don't make her food, she won't eat. If I don't give her her medicine, she won't take it. Um, and it's just that you know she just it just she just just can't remember that she has has to do those things. And so it's it's constant, and it's it can get very frustrating. I mean, it's rewarding, but it certainly can be very frustrating.
0: I think it's because they- she's
2: they're going backwards.
0: Like with, you have an infant, they need, they need everything, you know, they need 24 Mm -hmm. hour supervision and you have to do everything for them. And then they crawl and then they walk. And then, you know, at two they're telling you I do it myself. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then, you know, eventually they take your car and drive away and go to a job or school or something. That's always a thrill. And, you know, you have to prepare yourself for them leaving the nest, you know, like, Mm -hmm. My daughter had graduated from college and then she came down with Crohn's disease. So she did not leave home until, um, it was February of 2016, which was when my dad was on hospice. 2016 was horrible. Excuse me. 2017. The end of 2016, the beginning of 2017 were horrible. We lost our oldest dog. My dad was on hospice. My daughter moved out. (laughs) Then my dad died. (laughs) It was just too much. And it was interesting because my husband he like deep cleaned her, her room after she moved out. And I'm like, what are you trying to do? Erase her. And it was his <laughs> way of coping. And I'm like, you, I'm like, I have like threatened to throw her out on the street, pack up her crap and change the locks. I mean, what do you mean? What? <laughs> I was shocked that he was like sad. And I'm like, dude, I've been like, I've been like dreaming of this day for like five years. You know, she was 20, she just turned 25. So it was time. I mean, I'm like, mm-hmm. get out of my house. <laughs> but it, it was just fascinating how hard it was for him. But with, you know, our moms, you know, it's like, you don't have that. They leave the nest there. You've launched them. You know, now my daughter's working and she's engaged. And, you know, it's like, you know, I mean, her life is not perfect, but thanks to the Crohn's, she can't work in the video game industry that she spent five years getting a degree for. That's frustrating, but you know, it's life, but she's happy. Mm-hmm. And you know, we talk almost every day or we text almost every day, but it's like, and that's great. That's exactly what I pictured, but I try not to picture the end with mom because I know that's completely opposite and not as pretty, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that's kind you of what I, I was I'm asking. Really- go ahead.
2: I just I really I, I dread the day that, you know, mom doesn't know who I am or that she doesn't know who who her grandchildren are. And that you know, that day may never come. I mean she may just, you know, kind of carry on and but that's unrealistic. They always decline. Right. And that's that's you know, I gotta tell I'm not I'm not prepared for that. And I, I know I need to, but I don't know how you prepare for that. I don't know either.
0: i I've when let's see mom we moved mom my dad passed away march 2nd 2017 and for anybody that hasn't heard past episodes they'll have to go back and listen to him because we moved mom into the memory care march 16th 2017 so literally two weeks later they had an opening mm-hmm. i was gonna let her stay in her house with the 24 7 caregivers we had while he was on hospice till we figured out what we were doing my dad assumed she'd mm-hmm. come live with me which there's no way. My husband and I are both self employed, and I wasn't ready to. I mean, at 50, I was definitely not ready to put my entire life on hold, especially thinking she could live 20 years. Like, uh uh-uh. uh. Mm-hmm. I'm not spending the next 20 years shackled to my house until somebody who doesn't remember who I am. And I knew she'd be happier in a community. I, the one I picked, you know, they had activities and all that. She doesn't do any of those things, but all the friends that she's made in her community are named Diane, which is my mom's name. The one Diane has moved out and then the other, the third Diane (laughs) gets very confusing Mm -hmm. is sweeter. And even the care staff on Monday said they think mom's happier. And when I came back with mom after the neurology appointment on Monday, her friend was kind of, not in a panic, like nervous, but she'd been looking for my mom for quite a while. So I know my mom's happy and she socializes, which is great for her brain. And, you know, so that's what we did. And I think I totally lost my train of thought, (laughs) which I hate when it happens because it freaks me out.
2: But- well, just a well, I just had to, just, you know, classic mom, I'm you know, I'm on the phone and she just banged on the door because I'm sitting outside because, because the volume of the TV was too low. So, you know, it doesn't matter what I'm doing when mom needs something, It's you know, she doesn't have any capacity of, oh, you're busy. I'll talk to you later. Right. So you have to get up and you have to go. And, and you know, and so I, I, I've I've tried to work from home and I've, I've, I've actually tried a couple of different adventures. But it's, you know, it ha- those jobs have to be completely flexible because, you know, when she, you know, when she wants something, she wants it and she wants it right now. So, you know, it doesn't, you know, she saw me on the phone and it, it just doesn't even register that, you know, I'm busy right now, mom. So I had to go turn up the TV for her. It's just <laughs> stuff like that. It's, you, I just get interrupted a thousand times a day and you just have to, you just have to roll with it and deal with it. Yeah. It's the only way I can manage.
0: Even, even having her in a care community. Uh, it just amazes me how much of my time is still occupied by her care. Like as uh-huh. I was driving home from the, I go to the gym and then I went to the chiropractor and I was driving home. Um, her and dad's financial planner called me, you know, no biggie checking in. Um, he had to do sell something for some reason and I should be expecting to check I'm like, great. That's all I need to know is the rest of that stuff. You all just told me, I don't understand. I'm not the money person. I'm good with money, but I'm not a math person. So, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, taking her to the neurologist was the appointment was at three thirty. We, sh- I didn't realize it was two minutes for where she lived. So we were tremendously early. I didn't even get her back to where she lives till it was after five. So it was like, over two hours and you know and I had to keep her entertained for an hour while we waited for the doctor which is super frustrating you know because she starts Mm -hmm. getting crabby and so I had to start making jokes and you know it's just like because her her um perception of time is completely out of whack I mean you know we'd sit there she'd make a comment and I'd say well the doctor will be in a minute." And then two or three minutes later, she's like, this is ridiculous. And she had assumed like a half an hour had lapsed. I'm like, mom, it's only been two minutes. It's okay. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and listening to her attempt to answer questions. And of course she's answering questions of the neurologist and I'm having to kind of mutter under my breath. That's not true. That's past tense. And I'm trying to Uh let the doctor know, that my mom is full of it. You know, she's just answering like you were saying, like your mom did before you moved in with her. She moved in with you. She's Mm -hmm. just answering what she thinks is correct. And you know, the doctor has no way of doing it. And that's how I found out she thought the dog had passed away, which was really sad. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your blog and, and what you do to help further the mission.
2: Well, um, I started out, and it was really, you know, some of it was observations of things that that um, I encountered with mom. Some of it is, um, you know, challenges that I faced and how I was able to figure out uh, how to solve those problems. Like I, I have one about um, about about credit about credit and the elderly, because uh, one of the first things I did. Uh, when i When I took over care of mom is I, I closed all of her credit cards because she had a ton, and I was worried about you know you know she didn't need them all, I was worried about about, about identity theft and all those things, and she goes out every week with one of her friends, um, and they went and they were in deals, and the clothes convinced my mother or asked my mother if she wanted to open up an account when I had just closed, <laughs> and she came home with a serious credit card. Oh Lord! And I, you know, and at that time, I didn't know anything about the fact that you could freeze credit. So I froze a credit. That problem solved. But you know, it's things like that. It's like you know, I didn't know anything about certain things, and so I thought, you know, what if I can blog about? Well, I screwed this up, and I hit this wall, and I figured this one out. Then you know, maybe other people don't have to find out the hard way like I did. And so some of my blogs are about stuff like that, and some of it's just you know, it's just almost to have an outlet, you know, like when, when she couldn't remember my, my last name, that was, the, that was in in a lot of ways, that was a little bit painful, painful for her and painful for me. You know, I know it's just brain science. I didn't take it personally, but there's, those there's, there's a part of me that's like, okay, I just got to put this out to cyberspace. You know, I could journal on my own, but you know, maybe somebody else will read this and, and find it interesting. And maybe some of the stuff that I, that I write about that's comical. They'll find it, they'll find it amusing. But if it, if it can just, if it can just provide an outlet for me, because I love to write. So it's, that's something for me that's, that's enjoyable and, and just, you know, create a community and, 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 and find ways that, other people can maybe learn something that I didn't know and that I learned the hard way now. And also to bring people into my community too, because it's, it's, it's given me a way to find other caregivers like you and like other folks and just, you know, have the conversations about what what's happened to them and, and ways that, that it may or may not happen to me. So that's kind of the, the big thing. And unfortunately I haven't, I haven't posted a blog in a while um, because I've, you know, it's, it takes time and I've been busy and, and, um, and I really need to to try to get back to just doing uh, like a blog every week. But, um, you know, you get, you get busy as a caregiver and your time's really not your own.
0: Yeah. That's, that's one of the hardest things. Like I said, even with, even with my mom in the community, you know, for the memory impaired, it's, it's still, you know, there's, paperwork that comes in the mail and you know like this time of year you get like an inch thick of stuff from the insurance companies and I look at it and I look, I give it to my husband I'm like it doesn't appear anything is changing do I need to keep this or can I just put it in the recycling and he'll look through mm-hmm. it so I at least have that back up but that's my first instinct is this doesn't look like anything's changed I am not reading this 70 page booklet on her health insurance because I don't get it you know, they don't make it easy to understand. And, you know, the financial stuff that comes from the the financial planner, it's like, I don't, mm-mm. <laughs> it's just like, I, mm-hmm. I at least pay attention. But, you know, I just got a text while we were talking from my sister. Apparently, I guess my mom's social security must be getting up, going up. Cause it, it says mom's getting a raise, but I didn't read the picture cause we were chatting, but there's always something you know, mm-hmm. my sister works full time as an insurance salesperson and she's got school age kids. My niece, like I said, is 13. My nephew's nine. And you know, they're into all kinds of activities and he's on the autism spectrum. So she's got that to deal with. So, you know, since my mm-hmm. daughter's out of the house and on her own, I, I take point with mom. I'm the one that does all the doctor stuff cause I'm the healthcare power of attorney, which there's days I'd like to give that up. But I, I know in the end, i'm gonna have to make decisions that'll be harder for my sister like Mm -hmm. i was the healthcare power of attorney for my dad too so i'm the one that had to decide that yes we're doing hospice um that one was it was easy medically but it still wasn't easy emotionally and i did make sure that she agreed and was on the same page with me but that may or may not be the case with my mom. I've had people say, well, why are you giving her a flu shot? You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. it's it's so hard to know. I'm like, I don't want to prolong her decline because I know Mm -hmm. she doesn't, she didn't want to live in a community, you know, residence or a facility and she didn't want to end up like her mom, which is exactly where she's at. And so I have to balance Mm -hmm. what I know she wants with reality. And it's,
2: it's not fun. It is. And I mean, you bring up a really good point. I mean, you know, like I said, like I said before, mom is, mom is still in relatively good health and she's not in, in any way close to advanced, um, dementia, but you know, because, because we're as a community living longer, there's so much more dementia that's, that's, that's impacting people's lives. And at what point do you say, you know, okay, her brain's gone but her body's fine, so do we let her body go? And mm-hmm. that's, that's, you know, that's an, ethical, that's an ethical question, that's an emotional question. You know, obviously, thankfully, i no one knew that yet, but, you know, I, she never wanted, I know, she, you know, her, her thought of living in a facility is, you know, she, I, she's made me promise her for decades that I would never put her in a home, and that's my goal. Um, as long as I can keep trucking along and have a, have her stay home, because you know I'm not married, I don't have any kids, it, it makes the most sense for me. But if the if the time came that that she had to go into a home, that's that's a really really difficult decision for me, and I hope I don't have to go there. But um, and I kind of lost my train of thought there. I was talking about one thing and I got off another direction, but the point, you know, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's difficult, you know, because you, you know, I, she's my mom and she's always going to be my mom and I want her to, I want to honor her wishes and, this, you know, do, how do I honor her wishes if, if I have to make a decision to pull off some of her meds or whatever, you know, because my mom wants to live forever. I mean, <laughs> she wants to be hooked up to the machine. She, you know, you know, I mean, she, she does actually have a D and O. But, I mean, that was hard to get. I mean, you know, she, 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 wants, to be, she wants to be on tubes and, and plugged in and pumped full of everything she wants to live forever. And it's like, oh, God, well, that's not going to happen.
0: Yeah, and I know but, I just you know, I was on Twitter with a gal who was overwhelmed. I think, well, her mom just passed yesterday at lunchtime, and – I there's two people I communicate with on Twitter and I get them confused because it's, it's not as obvious, like, as with a Facebook page. Um, Mm -hmm. but she was just overwhelmed and, you know, she, I guess they were debating on a a feeding tube and I said, I know from talking to people that those are actually painful. I'm like, please don't do Mm -hmm. that. mom. there's no point, you know, they're Mm -hmm. not going to get better. And I have always made the comment that if my mom gets pneumonia, which is very common for people with memory, a memory brain disease is I, mm-hmm. I will just call hospice because I know she mm-hmm. doesn't want to be the way she is, but it won't mm-hmm. be a phone call. And I am pretty sure my sister won't agree. And I'm going to have to have, fortunately my husband's a foot taller than me. So it's, it's going to, he's going to have to hold me up while I tell her, no, we're going to let mom go because mm-hmm you know, like I said, at the beginning of our conversation, if my mom lives to 91, I will lose my mind. Like I said, she'll be 76 in the middle of next month. So five weeks, January 12th. And, you know, it's, I feel like she, my sister's gone out of town. You know, my husband and I went to Toronto in June for a convention. And it's like, I'm a little bit terrified every time I leave this area I'm afraid you know something's going to happen and how am I going to you know what am I going to do and you know it's it's not a huge concern because like you know mom is still physically really well but it's always there in the back of your head and you know there's times when I've gotten fed up with life the way it is where we live and I'm like you know what I should just move to france where we have friends now or the uk where they do a lot more research on on these brain diseases and just not that i could ever live in the united kingdom not after california (laughs) but Mm -hmm. yeah i like but i can't there's i can't i can't leave where i where Mm -hmm. the vicinity of where i live because mom's here and that's that's an interesting realization is that i don't have control over my entire life the way i did two years ago and it's
2: mm-hmm. frustrating, but yeah, that's why it, I'm it, like, it's It's frustrating. And I, I mean, I, 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 I commend you for being so honest about it because you know, there's a, there's, there's a part of me that, that, you know, feels like I should be like, well, you know what, this is, you know, she, she always took care of me. She's always, she's always been there for me and this is not easy. And I made a promise to take care of her. And, you know, every now and then I do get, I do get some guilt because it's like, no, I can't just, pick up and go. I have to get, you know, somebody to, to, you know, mom can't be left alone. And I've always been able to pick up and go. I've been, I've been on my own, my entire adult life. And that's just not true anymore. And it's okay to feel, it's okay to feel those feelings. You know, I, I, nobody said this, I, nobody said this was going to be easy. And, you know, sometimes I found, I found you know, you have to vent to the right people because if you vent to the wrong people, they think you're a monster or they think you're weak or they think, you know, you're not the right person to be taken to the mom. It's like, no, it's not easy. And, and I'm not going to, you know, sprinkle fairy dust on it and pretend that it, it's easy. Every day it's difficult for one reason or another. And it's just the way it is. It's my new normal.
0: Yeah, but I think it's, it's, because, nice
2: it's
0: because they're going backwards I mean, if you have a kid, you know that at 18, you know, they're either going to go off to school or maybe they'll join mm-hmm. the, the service or, you know, maybe they're bold and they're going to just move out. Or, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, my daughter was 25 and I spent probably she graduated from college in 2014. So it's been four and a half years. You know, I spent probably two or three years being ready for her to be out and mm-hmm. you have kind of an end date, you know, and I kind of thrown her out, but, you know, between the Crohn's disease and everything that was going on with her, that would have just been stupid. And, you know, there were times I wasn't sure she was going to get to that point and she did, but with mom, it's like, instead of, you know, you take care of them 24 seven and then it's a little less, a little less, a little less, it's more and more and more as we're aging. Well, uh-huh. And, yeah. you know, I commend yeah. you for wanting to keep mom with you as long as possible. And I don't, I'm not trying to scare you, but 65% of caregivers are either hospitalized or die. Oh, no.
2: Oh, no. I, 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 you know I, that, I that was one of the early, that was, that was the early statistics that I, that I found when, when I started researching it is that, is that, that caregivers, what you just said, that, that caregivers are, are at serious risk for mm-hmm or health issues and mental health issues. And I get it. You know, it's, it's, it's easy to, it's easy to get, it's easy to stop taking care of yourself because you have to take care of somebody else, you know, and just, you know, just, just, just as, as things happen that take up more of my personal time, like now I'm going to have to make sure that she's now I'm going to have, help, have to help her getting, her getting her clothes out and stuff like that. It, it's just, it's, it's, there's a part of me that's like, I have no time for me. And I don't, I really, I have very little time for me. Uh, There's, I, there's, there's no hour of the day that I don't get interrupted for one reason or another. And that's, that's, that's hard to deal with sometimes. And I haven't quite figured it out yet. You know, I haven't quite figured out how to make the right time for me. I'm still kind of, still kind of alone in that one. But the, the the further she declines, the more and more of, of my time is going to be spent on her, and that's just how it, that's that's just how it is. I think what I would
0: do is start establishing a local community of neighbors, friends, you know, church group, whatever is whatever is you to mm-hmm. come in and sit with mom for a couple hours, so you can go to a movie or whatever, because you'll need more and more of that as she declines. Mm-hmm. But I think what happens is people feel the way you do. They want to take care of their loved ones as long as they can. And they push it to the point where they, they become unhealthy themselves and the, and it's really hard, but the most important thing is her safety. And that's why mm-hmm. I knew when my dad's friend said, well, your dad just assumes your mom's coming to live with you. I like, literally laughed. I'm like, mm-hmm. that is not going to happen because I knew at the end of a week, one or both of us would be dead. Literally. I mean, mm-hmm. I had one child for a reason and every time we got past, you know, like the terrible twos and the clingy fours and the 13 year old snottiness, it was like, okay, well we're done with that. We're not doing that again. And mm-hmm. you know, it was just a relief. And I, I just knew I'm like, you know, if I was 70, I might feel different, but not at 50 was I going to give up my whole life to take care of my mom. And, you know, I, I don't think that that's a selfish thing at all. I think it's smart, but I've talked to people who have, you know, they've become injured because they're trying to help people, you know, help their loved one in and out of bed and in and out of the shower. And, you know, sometimes people with brain disease, they get paranoid because they can't, mm-hmm. like if you think about what's going on in their head and they can't figure out where they are, who they're with, or what they're doing, or why they're doing it—I mean, it's not unusual for people to lash out. It happened with my aunt who took care of my grandmother. My grandmother went running down the street one day towards traffic. You know, oh, I'm sure dude. that shaved a couple of years off my aunt's life. And you know, it just—it was—it's just at some point their care and, and safety might require become, you know, living in a care community because that's what they're there for. And you can go all the time and visit, you know, I go once Mm -hmm. because it's about all I can handle and which sometimes makes me feel guilty, but it's like, you know, it's Monday, I come home, I make dinner, I listen to a podcast while I'm making dinner so that I can kind of reorient myself to, you know, Monday night in 2018 and whatever day and month it is. Because there's times when, like, literally, I just feel totally fried. Like, my like I've been living in la-la land for the last two or three hours, and I come home, and I'm like, I just, it takes a while for my brain to, like, readjust. It's really frustrating. Mm-hmm. So I w- was going to ask you one last question, then I probably should sure. let you go before your mom <laughs> mom needs something. Have you heard of yeah. the group Alls Authors? It's A-L-Z Authors.
2: I I just, I think I just... Uh, I think, I'm not sure if it was you or somebody else who sent me, who sent me the link about that, but I, yeah, I just found that one. Yeah. I they're not explored it yet. Yeah. They're
0: an awesome group. I haven't had the time to read I guess they do. I can't remember if it's weekly or monthly essays. I think it's weekly essays based on their books. And I've read mm-hmm. parts of, cause I've talked to four of them last week they've all written books. Two of them have written novels and I'm reading one of the novels and it's really fascinating because it sounds a lot like my mom and Mm -hmm. you know, their journeys are all interesting Mm -hmm. and they're a fantastic group. So whenever I hear somebody that has a passion for writing, I'm trying to hook them all up together. (laughs) Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to. Anyways, do you have a last bit of advice before we sign off? probably time for you to start uh,
2: dinner over there i don't know i guess it's you know just just take one day at a time because that's all you can do and and you know for me the best thing that i could do is to try to try to learn everything that i could about what was happening to mom and understand it and just just be as patient as possible because it takes a lot of patience
0: yeah that is a that is an understatement yeah <laughs> and i feel like i have a lot of patience but there's no way I couldn't, I knew because my dad spent 32 days in the hospital. So mom was at my home many days. She was with my sister many days. My aunt was with her at her house many days. We bounced her around, which is terrible, but I learned then that it's like, I can either put all my energy towards mom, pay attention to her, take her out, go to the park, go for a walk, go get tea, whatever. And spend two hours just focused on her, but when she's here with me, it's like you know, there's meals, there's dogs running around my house with mud on their feet. <laughs> there's mm-hmm. you know, there's the businesses to run and the house to keep. You know, it's just like it's there is no way. I don't know. I don't know how you guys do it when they live with you. I really don't.
2: Well, I think I think you know we're we're blessed in that she's not that bad yet. I mean. That, She's not as 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 advanced as your mother because that I, that I that would be really difficult. You know, she still she still has some of she still has most of her faculty. She just can't remember two minutes ago. So, and I, you know, she's still I, she's still mom. She's still mom.
0: That's what's interesting with my mom. And I, there's times when it's like she's more mild than she was when I was growing up in a young you know in a young adult. Um, she was. You know, you definitely did things her way because she was mom and that's the way it went. But now she's more mellow than that, but she's still her, but she's not. It's really strange. I've noticed in the last two or three months that she doesn't take care of her appearance like she was. So mm. it's always a journey. will <laughs> be a very interesting yeah. journey by the time it's over. <laughs> Yes, definitely. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and my listeners. I appreciate the conversation and... Yes, absolutely. Looking forward to connecting again later on.
1: Hi, Jen. Sorry about the confusion this morning. I don't know why we keep getting mixed up like this. But I did do some research and I found the perfect app, I think, to solve our problems. It's called uh, I'm Up. It's a way that mom can check in with us at the push of the button on her phone. Wow, that sounds interesting. Tell me about it. It's really simple and kind of perfect for us. Mom just puts her info in and then one of our contact numbers at a time of day when we want her to check in and taps a big red button when it comes up. And then whatever contact she puts in gets a text message. If she doesn't check in, the contact will be alerted. And if there's no continued contact, like she doesn't ever get back to us, then emergency services get called.
0: Huh, that sounds fantastic. How much does that cost?
1: It's only four ninety nine a month, which is pretty reasonable, all things considered. Uh, With this version, you get all kinds of great options. You can program it for one to three check-ins. There's multiple emergency contacts. So the whole family or even a neighbor could get one. There's even a pet registry to store important information about the dog, including what you want to do after you pass away. Also, there's an estate directory that allows you to have all of the estate information in one place, which is pretty awesome, power of attorney info, and anything someone might need if you're incapacitated or worse. Sign us up. I'm assuming you get that through
0: the App Store. I'm downloading it now. After you download the I'm Up app from your favorite app store, use invite code 006. That way the fine folks at I'm Up know that you heard about them from Fading Memories. Thanks for tuning in to Fading Memories. And as always, I'll be in your ears again next Tuesday. If you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful, please take a moment and give us a positive rating and review. Ratings and reviews are how new listeners find us, and they can't be a supportive podcast if people don't know I exist.